Welcome to the Apples to Oranges Show, a podcast where myself and three of my friends discuss mind-numbingly dumb hypotheticals around our favorite topic, sports. We have a full slate for you today. We'll be talking about the College Football National Championship game, NFL Week 18, and the NFL Playoff Preview, and uh, golf is back. At the end, we'll be randomly selecting and discussing one of our uh, hypotheticals, as well as going over our side pot bets from last week and uh, giving your side pot bets for this week. We are currently recording this as the national championship game is being played. Matt, go ahead, go ahead and give us an update on the game. I know you're watching it. You're on the couch. Yeah, so as, as of right now, it is Georgia 24, TCU 7. Uh, TCU has the ball and isn't really going anywhere. Um, as of right now, it looks like this might get pretty lopsided pretty quick, but um, we'll keep updating as we go through the show. Yeah, we're going to be done by the time this thing hits halftime, that way I can go to bed. So, that's <laughs> a little bit of background, Georgia Bulldogs versus TCU Horned Frogs. Georgia was favored by 13 and a half with an over-under of 62 and a half. I personally am on TCU spread and an alternate over at 52 and a half. So, what about you guys? So, I've got... Uh... Keely Ringo over three and a half tackles, which we've now figured out is a super frustrating bet to have because there's no live tracking of how many tackles this dude has on any reputable sports website. And so the entire thing now, oh, there's an interception there by Georgia. So, yeah. Um, oh, so, uh, yeah, so we have zero idea how many tackles Keely Ringo has at this point in time, but I'm willing to bet that it's not four um I, I might be on donut watch at the moment yeah uh, i have georgia spread and the over as well as over two and a half field goals and the keely ringo tackles bet with jim um but this thing is looking like it's gonna be uh how many field goals over two and a half we are currently at one um yeah. just short of half time so it'd be nice to get another one in the bank here let's jump into nfl week 18 and our uh, playoff preview uh, we had an exciting NFL Week 18 for us Lions fans and Steelers fans. Don't know if exciting is the right word, but an interesting week as I'm looking at Jim. Yeah, let, let's recap a few of the games that uh, stuck out to us. First one we have on the list is Steelers versus Browns. I will give the score, and then I'm going to hand it off to Jim. Uh, Browns traveled to Pittsburgh uh, and lost 14-28. to Steelers come away with the win, go 9-8. and Jim, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolute shellacking. The picket to Pickens connection grows by the week. Gives me a lot of hope to, to look forward to, to to next week. But it was a, a wild swing of emotion for me because, you know, all three of the games that mattered all happened at the same time. At one point, it looked like the Pats were going to challenge. And I was like, God damn it, Bill Belichick does it again. Um, instead, it turns out to be Mike McDaniel, 11-point led Miami Dolphins. Holding the Jets to only six points, so have fun watching the Miami Dolphins uh, in the playoffs this week. Hopefully two is back, because otherwise the Bills are going to win by 50. Um, but the, I, I think it really comes down to, and was frustrating uh, that the Steelers played so well, um, only to, for it to not to matter, um, which is, I, I think, like an opposite reaction of what the rest of these guys had to basically the same situation, but but we'll get into that a little bit later. How is your uh, optimism with Kenny Pickett going into his second year? Uh, so I think that 
a DeLorean future bet uh, that, that I would put is back to back. Kenny Pickett, most improved player next year, and MVP 2025 to go along with the Steelers. Super Bowl in 2025. Bro, you are drinking so much Kool-Aid. Hey, he's drinking (laughs) drinking his team's Kool-Aid. Fair play. Oh, my God. The dude is just slaining that thing right now, dude. It's unreal. You took shrooms before the show. Uh, Yeah, let's go on to the – we have our next highlighted game is Texans versus Colts. Uh, Evie, I know you're a big uh, Colts fan, right? Yeah, sure. Massive Colts fan. Yeah. Even Go bigger Texans the, fan. Uh, yeah, give us the state of those two. <laughs> no. Uh, so, obviously, let me uh, give you guys a score. Texans travel to Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium. Upset 32-31 to 31 with, like, I, I just saw it on Twitter this morning. I, I didn't realize how crazy the ending of that mm-hmm. game was. Just a, just a ridiculous way to end the season. And... uh Give away the number one pick to the Bears, correct? Yep. So I, I have a couple questions for all of you guys. If you're the Texans, what's going through the GM's head when he watches the, that uh, Hail Mary to get a touchdown? Well, I mean, he's definitely not happy. But on the flip side, they were already probably predetermined they're canning Lovey Smith. It's... The other, the rest of the team, all the players, they're playing for their jobs. They're playing for contracts. You can't be upset with them because Lovey Smith's obviously going to be looking for another coaching job, and the players are all looking to maintain or find new jobs in the pros. So you can't be upset with the score, but deep down, you're the Texans GM and president, and you are. That's a gut punch for sure, because now the Bears can take one of the two quarterbacks if they want to move on from Justin Fields already, or they what they likely will do is move back and acquire a ton of draft capital to go for the massive rebuild they need. And you know who's taking that pick and trading up? The Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis uh, Colts, yep. The Indianapolis Colts. And so instead of having Bryce Young on their roster, the Houston Texans are going to have to play Bryce Young twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Lovey Smith. Thanks, uh, Week 18, 2022, Houston Texans for putting Bryce Young on the Colts um, for the next couple of years. If you're Davis Mills and you're getting ready to lead that drive, you want to go score, right? You don't want them mm-hmm. to go get the first pick and go draft a quarterback because that means you're done, right? If you're Davis Mills, you've got a point to prove. Hey, I get paid to go win football games. I'm going to go win a game. So if I'm Davis Mills, I'm standing there. Yeah, I want to go win this game. I don't want them to go draft my replacement right away, right? So, um Good for good for the Texans. Good for Lovey Smith. Not good for the Texans whatsoever. This next game was an emotional one for us Lions fans. Uh, Seahawks versus the Rams. Rams travel to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rams had a chance to win. Ended up losing in overtime, sixteen to nineteen. Um, crazy, crazy game. Just for casuals watching as well. Um, fun game to watch. Not necessarily for Lions fans. No, it was not. That was a brutal game to watch. It was a complete drool fest. Everyone loved watching Baker Mayfield throw uh, pop flies to the center fielder all day. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. I guess I meant fun more so as in, I guess it was probably really only fun for Seahawks fans and 
Lions fans. Yeah, the emotional investment definitely yeah. helped my viewership, but I agree with Jim. A brutal game to actually watch. Uh, gut-wrenching, killer ending. The over the missed field goal to send it to overtime was the ultimate of highs, and the loss after that was just brutal to feel. But expected at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I I had Rams money line as we remember from last week, so I thought for sure the Lions were gonna have the opportunity to win and get in in Green Bay. The yeah. stars were aligning, just didn't come to fruition. Yeah, but you got to know the NFL, right? Like, at the end of the day, they ain't putting the Lions in the playoffs. And it would be way too obvious to rig the refs in the Packers-Lions game, even though they, they, they tried at one point. Yeah. Um, but it was very clear that, that there was some home cooking going on in Seattle. Via uh, the roughing the kicker, or roughing, yes, roughing the kicker? Yeah. Was that what it was called? Whatever. Punter, yeah, whatever it was, yeah. was... Completely terrible call. Change the game. Yeah, change the game. Hundred percent. It was. It would on that drive. Yeah, they wouldn't score on that drive. Heartbreak for Lions. It really hurt because then Seattle turned around and then said, "Let's go Lions." And all I wanted to say was just, "Please shut the hell up, Seattle. Not right now. (laughs) Just ripped our hearts out." And now you're like, "Oh, now let's go Lions." Sucked. It absolutely sucked. I've never hated Seattle Seahawks more in my life. Uh, I was going to say, the, uh, the interesting dynamic between the Lions, Rams, and Seahawks in that game was fun to watch, I guess. Um, obviously, when they started putting the Detroit Lions up on the big screen uh, after the game, it, it, it was a strange feeling because four hours ago, we were rooting for the Rams to beat them. And we're also rooting for the Rams at that point, which hurts our future draft position. So the whole... That whole yeah. dynamic was just a, f- a funny one in a way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add into that being a Michigan State alum from Michigan, having to actively yeah. try and root against Kenneth Walker, but also you don't want Kenneth Walker to do bad. Uh, that was yeah. a weird place to be. But I will, as much as I don't love the Seahawks right now, uh, if I would have said to any of you guys at the beginning of the season the Seahawks go nine and eight and sneak into the last spot of the wild card, we all would have said, "Yeah, right, whatever." This was yeah. the team that everyone thought was going to be one of the worst in the NFL. And credit I would to have them. Said maybe if if Drew Locke was slinging that thing, because because Drew Locke's the truth. But but as soon as Gino <laughs> was named the starter, right? Yeah. We called you crazy. Who yeah. who would have thought? So as much as it sucks, credit to Seattle for what they because they are as much as we think the Lions are in a great position, they're in a fantastic position going forward in the next couple of years too. If Geno Smith can play to the level that he played this year, because uh, yeah. they have a lot of draft capital and things coming their way, so credit credit to them. Um, just wasn't meant yeah. to be this year necessarily for the Lions to make the playoffs. One good point there too, Matt. One more wrinkle: Michigan State grad being from Michigan. All of us are rooting against Kenneth Walker and then rooting for Aiden Hutchinson to maul yourself, and bro. own Aaron Rodgers like he's done this season. So, yeah, very interesting. I've never felt so torn multiple directions in one week of football, I feel like. Yeah. So, packaging uh, up and trade him for the first overall pick. Ooh. Let me, let me gladly read off this score. The Detroit Lions travel. To Green Bay at Lambeau and knock off the Packers' playoff hopes 20-16. to 16. 
awesome game for us Lions fans. I know it, nothing mattered. Um, nothing mattered. It did matter. Uh, there was just no playoff implications, but it did kind of feel like a big culture oh, game. There were like the Packers. Last week. Um, and it, it, it was just a, a good way to end the season with a big smile on my face. So, As a non-Lions fan, let me jump in here first. I'll keep it brief. <laughs> not only did the Lions walk into Green Bay, knock off uh, the Packers from the playoffs this year, they knocked them off from the playoffs next year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that. Because as we saw Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb walking into that tunnel, it is yep. so apparent that that dude is riding off into the sunset like a little bitch with his tail between his legs, losing Campbell-led Lions. It is so apparent that that, that that dude is as unmotivated as possible. As yep. a result, that Green Bay franchise is going to be in the the bottom dwellings of the nfc north for the for the years to come you don't Writing think love is uh uh heir apparent and can salvage what's left after aaron Rodgers? i, I don't think so just comment i don't know it's so. he's obviously well, being if, if, here right if i'm the green bay packers upper office i can miss the player or i can miss the playoffs with jordan love why should i keep paying aaron Rodgers 60 million dollars a year to do it right at this yeah, point but it's I'll aaron Rodgers. playoffs with and I'm missing the playoffs with him. Why not go to the young quarterback that would show up to all the stuff preseason and work with the rookie wide receivers and do all those things? And yeah, but you saw I, down how what they win five of their last six, something like that, correct? Or f- four of their last five? I don't know what the numbers were, but however, you're not getting you, them to once they figured the it out. You saw how they how well they can play. I mean, with right. Tom Brady and the Bucks, nothing makes me more happy than those two pre-Madonna quarterbacks thinking that they can just show up week one, figure it out, lose a couple games, then make the playoffs, and then boom, what do you know? It's the NFL. You're not uh, good enough in weeks one through six or whatever it is, uh, and you knock out your playoff hopes. Nice going. Tom and Brady and do you... Well, yeah, because he played in a worse division, kindergartner, yeah, wow. kindergarten league. Division. But, but yeah. you, you expect now Aaron Rodgers to come back next year and show up to preseason and all that, especially after the way he walked on the field. There's no chance. So if I'm upper office uh, and for the Packers, I'm saying, all right, screw this. It's time. I'll miss the playoffs with Jordan yeah. Love. I don't need Aaron Rodgers to do it and start moving that franchise forward. Because um, otherwise, they are. They, the NFC North does not run through Green Bay at all anymore. Um, yeah. So you might as well uh, embrace the rebuild if you're the Packers. Obviously, the mood of that game, though, changed once we got the result of the Seattle Rams game. Uh, it made me a little less excited to watch it, but it still was awesome to, it, as you said, it's it's beating the final boss. It's finally overcoming the guy who has terrorized us for so long. Um felt great to still win that game and it feels like there's a lot of momentum and positive energy in Detroit heading into next season and and I think that's something that we maybe didn't even realize because we were so caught up in the um, Lions making the playoffs and the want for us to have the Lions make the playoffs but um, on the chance that we had any I don't even think we'd considered it of us if we did knock the Packers out that that could genuinely knock the Packers back for the next 10 years in the NFL and actually send Aaron Rodgers home. So like you said, EV, this was beating the boss and we talked about it, but I think we'd only thought of it as us get to the playoffs beating the boss, but this might be, we've beaten the boss and ended his career. 
Um, but I, agree. I, I still think it's too early to write off the Packers completely. They still have a awesome defense that figured it out some decent young playmakers and yeah, I still think Jordan Love and, and, can step in and be serviceable at least. And I'll agree with that, but he's not Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not gonna step in and do Aaron Rodgers things. Um but watching that game was a ton of fun. It was weird because in historically the Packers were making all the mistakes that normally you'd expect the Lions to miss it, to make, right? Like they were throwing the interceptions Aaron Jones fumbled inside the 20 or whatever, right? That all the things that you would expect from those same old lions were actually mistakes that green Bay was making and Detroit was Jared Goff again, didn't throw an interception. I don't know how many games he ended the year on with no picks. It was an incredible, like eight or eight or nine games. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Um, but Jamal Williams, shout out him. He, the team that let him go, he gets to score on him twice and knock them out of the playoffs. So set the um, franchise rushing touchdown record in Detroit as well. Awesome. Yeah, with the extra game. Uh, I don't even. It was I've a Naruto been, reference. It yeah. was um, <laughs> it, it, what was it? Leader of the Den, I believe, or King oh, of the Den, or something. Like, I, it was I've heard yeah. something, something Den. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard awesome. it like three times now, and I still uh-huh. like I hear and, what he's saying, but I can never repeat it. Um, but then you see, yeah. even in his post game interview, the emotional roller coaster that he took everybody on from dedicating that game to his great grandpa passing. Um, and then saying, you know, we're the Lions, like, don't mind these tears. It's all dog in this mug and whatever he said. Um, he, I think, if this is getting too far, but looking into Lions offseason, I think he is someone you absolutely have to resign. Um, but next season, I don't see why the Lions can't go win the North. You were five and one against the North last year. You went eight and two in your last 10 games in the, in the, to end this season. Uh, ended above 500. But I think for the Lions going next year, the biggest piece – um, for them is they got to hold on to Ben Johnson uh, and keep him as the offensive coordinator. Cause that guy was a genius this year. He did, he made, he did a lot of great things. And um, I mean, even some of the play calls at the end of the game yesterday was brilliant by him. So yeah. Uh, fun way. To, yeah. Fun way to end the year. Suck that the Lions didn't make the playoffs, but there's a lot of things to be excited about going forward um, with that, with that franchise. Yeah. To touch on your next season point. Uh, I think they are primed to be much even better next year and potentially win the North. But I think we also have to realize the schedule is already going to be a little bit tougher and doing winning and playing the football like that is much different when you have all sorts of expectations as you're going to have next season, as opposed to everyone writing you off as same old lions, who cares? They're going to win six games doing it and having the expectation to win 10, 12, 13 games next year is going to be a much different feel for Dan Campbell and everyone within the organization. But, but if, you want to to change, see... if you want to change that narrative, you have to go in with those expectations, right? You can't be afraid of that. I, no, absolutely. What was, the old, what was the old Rex Ryan quote that he said back when the Jets were starting to have expectation? They're like, oh, the underdog is a place to be. No, screw that. I want to have the expectation. I want to be in the position where we're going into the season thinking it's NFC North title or bust. I would much rather be going in with those expectations than, oh, maybe we could sneak into the playoffs at the end of the season or something. Oh, screw that. I'd rather have the expectation because otherwise you're just going to be a loser franchise if you don't create those scenarios for yourself and put yourself in that kind of pressure. Yeah, and that's something that I touched on in my Steelers recap in terms of like the different reactions from from how I was feeling versus how you guys were feeling. Like To put it plainly, you guys come from a, a loser franchise and, and I represent a, a winning franchise. And so – 
you know, like brand new lions. And so, you know, that the Steelers missing the playoffs for me is heartbreaking. I don't even care really um, about, you know, oh, what a great year with, with Kenny, even though that it was uh, as a rookie. But but for you guys, you know, beating Aaron Rodgers is essentially your Super Bowl at, at this point in time. So um, it comes down to it. One step at a time. Yeah, and it, it, like you said, it's two different places in both of those franchises' life, right? Like, um, it's natural to have those different feelings because, like you said, you come from a team with Mike Tomlin that hasn't finished under 500, right? The Lions tripled their win total from last year, uh, this year alone. So two different reactions, but two different franchises. But both, I think I can confidently say, both trending in the right direction, um, second half yeah. of this year for sure, and going to meet in the 2025 Super Bowl where Detroit wins its first. So, I'll end it. Good points. I'll end it with this. There's nothing more fun than watching a team win football games and play good football and their coaches saying things like this. It's, it's going to be a win-win either way. Either we're playing to get in or we're playing to be a spoiler. And they cut to him on the field and they say, I, we don't want them to get in. No sugar coating. No, we're gonna play hard. This game matters. For nope, just straight up. We don't care. We don't like these guys. We're we're playing spoiler. Uh, let's do a playoff bracket. Uh, let's do let's do this pretty quickly here. Um, so the point being is we're going to go through and create an apples to oranges playoff bracket. We're going to pick the team that we all agree with. If we tie two to two, we're gonna flip a coin, and that team will go on. AFC. Let's start with the two seven Buffalo Miami. Buffalo. Is Tua playing? Uh, uh, so they, they, they don't know. He yeah, said they, they said know. they won't know till Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday they'll know more. Not not that it matters for who no, wins. It, it matters for the for the final score. So Buffalo for the spread. Buffalo. 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 Okay. Uh, let's go Buffalo! to the three six. Three Cincinnati Bengals, six Baltimore Ravens. Is Lamar playing? <laughs> Let's assume yes. Let's assume yes. They're not sure. He yeah, Even he's up for it. They're not Cincinnati sure at all. Give me Cincinnati if he plays or if he doesn't play. Give me Joe Burrow. I have Bengals. I, I feel like we're on Sunday Night Football and everyone's just picking the same team, so... I'll, I'll go Ravens to save the face of this podcast. Well, let's see what he uh, are we, uh, We're picking the spreads or we're picking... No, no just, just winners. Winner. Just playoff bracket. Fuck. Uh, I mean, I'm taking the Bengals still. Okay. Bengals move on. Then that brings us to the four versus five. Four being the Jacksonville Jaguars. The five being the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh-oh, Matt. Yeah, this is Matt's worst nightmare is two fandoms. I'll go Jags here. It comes down to the head coach for me. Brandon Staley, two two-by-fours. Absolute moron. <laughs> How does he play in any of those guys in this last game? They had nothing to play for. Yeah. yeah. Jags. EV? Jags, Jags. Trevor Lawrence uh, is hot. I agree. Uh, this is a tough one because I like both of these teams. I agree that Brandon Staley was an absolute idiot for playing his starters one snap last week. But because of my... Uh, I'll go Chargers because of what I've said about them still. I'm going Jags. I'm sorry. We're getting no no uh, coin flips yet. We're uh, straight up. I think Jacksonville's I, – I agree. I'm not a fan of – I don't even – I always get his name wrong. Staley, whatever it is. I, I don't like him. I, it's, 
yeah, little big stat idiot. nerd guy thing has worn off on me very quick. Um, so that means Kansas City has gotten the bye. They're going to play the highest remaining seed, which I believe is Jacksonville. So Kansas City, Jacksonville Jaguars. It'll be a fun game, but there's no way the Jags go into Arrowhead and win. So give me the Chiefs. Same. I think it'll be closer than you think it'll be, but you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes and Arrowhead in the playoffs. I also agree. Arrowhead is not a place where you want to play a playoff game. So take Kansas City there. Kansas City moves on. I think this is when this uh, gets interesting. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. That game will be in Buffalo or no? Buffalo. Yep, mm-hmm. Buffalo. Give me Buffalo. Yes, same here. It, Bills Mafia is going to come out to play. I think uh, it'd be hard to bet against Buffalo right now. Uh, so AFC Championship game, we have the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Buffalo Bills. Neutral site. Who do you guys have? The Bills. I'm also going the Bills. It'll be fun if the over the new over the new playoff overtime rules come into effect and and there's the the reverse of of what happened last year so uh or two years ago I mean so so that was it last year I don't fucking know it was it anyway, was last year be, yeah there is magic in Buffalo right now um I would take Buffalo again shootout probably overtime one of the best games of the year uh but they beat him earlier in the season uh so. They beat him in Arrowhead earlier in the season, so give me Buffalo. Lamar Hamlin, subtle reference counter, officially at one there, Matt. Yeah, three picks to Buffalo. Doesn't matter what I say, but I will be saying, let's go, Buffalo. I think the Bills are going to win. I think this might be the Bills' year, but we'll uh, decide that when we decide who's playing in the Super Bowl from the NFC, so let's jump over to that side. Don't matter. They're all frauds. (laughs) We have the two seed. Actually, real quick. Here's a fun, fun question for you guys. Who is, assume all qu- your starting quarterbacks are healthy, who is the oldest quarterback starting for the AFC in the playoffs, and how old are they? Mm. This will blow your mind. It's got to be Mahomes, right? Patrick yeah. Mahomes, at age 27, is the Damn. oldest starting quarterback in the AFC playoffs. So these, these potential That's matchups awesome. that we're talking about, we're going to have them for the next 10, 15 years. It's all going to be Lamar. 25, 26? Yeah, Lamar's like 25, 26, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome for like the future of the NFL. Yeah. And, throw awesome. and, in there. and so that's <laughs> that's my point to the Steelers' future. You got to go. There's a lot of young, talented quarterbacks that you're going to have to go through to get to the Super Bowl for the Steelers. So Good point. Better. NFC, Doc, take it away. Yeah, let's, let's go to the 2-7 matchup in the NFC. The San Francisco Niners. 49ers two seed playing the Seattle Seahawks at the seven seed. Yeah, give me the Niners. Defense too good. Yep. Uh, I don't think the C- the Seahawks offense has kind of faltered lately as well. Give me the Niners. Okay. Divisional matchup shouldn't be allowed in these situations. We, we already know what we're getting, so give me the Niners. Yeah. Give me Brock Purdy. Give me the Niners. Yep, 409ers. Uh, that's my pick as well. Moving on to the 3 6. I'll give my reasoning. I don't like Seattle. They <laughs> rub me the wrong way. I, I do love my boy Kenneth Walker, but I I don't know. That watching Geno throw hissy. I'm not a Niners guy officially moving forward. Or I'm sorry, I'm not a Seahawks guy officially moving forward, I think. So 
Um, moving to the three six, Minnesota's the three seed, uh, playing the New York Giants as the six seed. Give me the Giants. The Vikings are frauds. I think it's an upset. I think it's the yeah. first upset we're gonna pick. Are you saying the Giants aren't frauds? No, they are. But I think if you have a negative point differential when you're twelve and four, you don't deserve to make it to the playoffs, let alone go to round two. Give me the Giants. I'm going with the Vikes. I think. There's just too much talent um, for the the Giants to overcome there. I mean, you're talking about Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson. That's too many weapons that the Vikings will find a way. It's a game at one? Yep. Matt? Uh, These teams played each other in a really, really tight one earlier in the year, Um, and I think I am going to go with EV uh, just for something fun. Give me the Giants. Um, maybe they're both frauds and maybe they both get blown out in the next round regardless but uh, for the sake of it let's say Daniel Jones goes to Minnesota and gets the Giants a playoff win we're going to a coin flip I got the Vikings hot takes with Vikings Vikings are frauds Vikings aren't good Vikings are blah 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 which I kind of agree also kind of think that might be true with the Giants but for some reason I think the Vikings are going to make a run I, I, I don't know why I guess that was because by this point, Super Bowl, but... you have a future future bet for the Super Bowl. <laughs> you do you have a future Vikings. on them for the Super Bowl? <laughs> there you yeah. go. It answers that question. Talking this into existence. No, I, I I don't know. I think the Vikings might actually be poised to make a deeper run than everyone's giving them credit. Uh, so we're going to coin flip this. How do we want to do this? Heads, Minnesota. I think you just give higher seed heads, lower seed tails. We probably should have prepped. Higher seed is heads. Team. I'm going to flip this right now. Heads. Vikings win. Minnesota moves on on in our apples to oranges bracket. Yeah, let the record show. I disagree. The record shows. You you said it on record. So we're going to jump to the 4-5 matchup. Four is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I was convinced didn't make the playoffs earlier in the episode. And the five seed, the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady's never lost to the the Cowboys. I'm on the Bucs as well. Bucs. Dak's going to throw like two pick six. Sixes, guy just can't stop throwing them. And again, like you said, Tom Brady doesn't lose to the Cowboys. I'll make this interesting. Uh, normally, when you when the Cowboys have played that bad, they bounce back and they have a pretty good week the next week. So I think probably this year as a whole, the Cowboys have been better than uh, the Bucks. And there's the whole Tom Brady's never lost. But I'm gonna put this on you, Doc, and I'm gonna take the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to go with the team that surprised me, the team that surprised me that they're even in the playoffs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, yeah, I'll go with Tom Brady. I think it's just you you don't want to you don't want to get caught betting against Tom Brady. That's kind of I'll go with history on this one. So that means the Philadelphia Eagles will be getting the highest seed remaining, which happens to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The only thing helping the Eagles here is the fact that it's at home. I'm gone, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh, I didn't see that coming. I'll, I'll take the Eagles. I think that bye, look at Jalen Hurts as healthy as they can. And they were, at points, the best team in football. So give me the Eagles. Man. Oh. I mean, I'm taking the Eagles. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good betting against Tom Brady in the postseason, but uh, the Eagles just have been too good all year long. 
Jalen Hurts has been too good all year long, and he's presumably coming back healthy. The offensive line's too good. I, I just I don't think the Eagles lose that game at home. You're talking to a man who has not one but two Super Bowl futures placed, and then realize <laughs> that two of them are in the NFC. <laughs> one on the Vikings, one is on the Eagles. I'm going to uh, go fly, Eags, fly. Uh, Jalen Hurts also is my fantasy quarterback. I've made it a point to watch a few of their games. I like them. I like that team. I think they're good. And Philadelphia, not an easy place to play. Um, also, you always want to be the guy betting against Tom Brady. I'll go Eagles. If there was a conference to double down on Super Bowl winners, it is not the NFC. No. Yep. Yeah, no. They're all I, frauds. AFC should be like minus 800 to win the Super Bowl this year. Listen, Whatever. I said in episode one, and I'll say it in episode two, I'm not a good sports better. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Moving on, we have the uh, Minnesota Vikings taking on the San Francisco 49ers in our bracket. Who do you guys Niners. have? Niners. Has Niners? Niners? I'll go Vikings for fun. Um, I don't love it. Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings. I'm going to go Vikings. Kirk Cousins is more experienced. Yes, the whole primetime thing's funny. Kirk Cousins is more experienced quarterback. He sucks. We've never seen Brock Purdy play in a playoff game. That Isn't there a chance Garoppolo plays? I thought they said eight to ten weeks. I thought we are getting close to that. He could, but there's no – I haven't seen anything on it. But I think the Brock Niners – Purdy wins the first playoff game. You're really – coming away from him to to play jimmy g coming off i'm not saying they should i'm just uh, the counter to jack's yeah. point is they might yeah. be able to play garoppolo still he has looked okay which creates really uh problems in the quarterback room i'm taking the vikings that's why i'm saying I mean, two service like qb sucks Definitely. i like where they're at in this nfc bracket i think they can make a run to the nfc championship game i know again like i said earlier Everyone thinks they're bad. They might be bad. They probably are bad. But out of everyone, I think uh, I think they have a good chance to make it there. So I'm going to go Vikings. What's that? 2-2. Two, two. Uh, San Francisco coin. 49ers will be heads. I'm going to flip it now. Heads. Niners move on. Really making our bracket look pretty chalked. but Or uh, not chalked. What's the word you use when it's... Yeah, chalked. Chalked, yeah. Yeah, it's chalked. Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers NFC Championship game in our bracket. What do you guys have? Eagles. Eagles. Niners. Eagles off my same premise. Now, based off two of my last points, is Brock Purdy even going to be the quarterback? And if he is, uh, lack of playoff experience, I think it will. Can I ask what playoff experience? Can I ask what playoff experience Jalen Hurts has? Well, Jalen Hurts is just a naturally much better quarterback who has a full season and a half of starting NFL games. We've seen a much bigger sample size, and even at that, he's close to being an NFL MVP, likely an NFL MVP. I don't know what that mm-hmm. race looks like. So that's Patrick right. Mahomes. And he played uh, in bigger games and he in the playoffs in college as well. He knows what it starts, how to play played, in a game. Played more primetime games this year, too. How many yeah. Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night football games have the Eagles playing? I, I think Hertz is more experienced. And even if he I mean he is, and I think he knows that too. I think he I think he has the confidence of an experienced quarterback right now. Okay, let's go on to the Super Bowl prediction here. We uh we put the Buffalo Bills in on the AFC side and the Philadelphia Eagles in on the NFC side. What do you guys have? Bills. 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 
4-0. The Buffalo Bills are going to win the Apples to Oranges 2022-2023 NFL playoff bracket. I, I think that's the most likely scenario in real life, too. I think the this is the year the Bills do it. I, yeah. I, we're going to transition us into golf. Uh, golf is back. Kapalua, Century Tournament of Champions. I'll preface this by saying Jim's favorite golfer is Colin Morikawa. Those of you who watched are now instantly saying, oh, that sucks, Jim. Jim, go ahead and give us a recap of why we're saying this. Yeah, while while the rest of these guys are heartbroken over a last-minute Seattle field goal, I'm simultaneously watching on my phone, Matt's phone, uh, Colin Morikawa just duff chips, miss six-footers, complete and utter collapse. Um, it, was, it was brutal watch. Did take top 10, though, uh, so, so that was my, my side pot from last week. So, dub for all of you who are curtailing Jim at the moment. Um, but simply unreal from John Rahm, hunting around all week, put himself in a, a great position and, and capitalized when it mattered most. Uh, but but ultimately, I do think the announcers made a bigger deal out of Colin Morikawa's, uh, like end-of-stretch performance there, talking about, you know, he's going to have a monkey on his back the, the next time that he's in this position. I think that that's a little bit overstated. He's he's a pro at the end of the day. He's blown leads before. It, it like It's what's going to happen if you play the game of golf long enough. Um, so not too worried in terms of his long-term performance. Um, but it but it does suck because it's, it's always nice to start out um, the year on a, a high note. So. Um, but congrats to, to John Rom through and through. It sucks watching that in golf. That's the worst way to for a golf tournament to end um, is watching a player collapse. I guess maybe with the exception of maybe if it's like Patrick Reed or something, but <laughs> it's just not fun to watch that type of golf be played. You always hope for the best, you know, the best of the best to play the best shots, hit the best, make the best shots, and putts to fall and you, you just don't like to see a golf tournament in that way i think even rom kind of felt that it's a good good win a big win for rom he's playing great golf but even the way he you know just it just kind of looked like he knew like man i won that by playing good golf but a huge collapse for a young player and kind of stuck to watch lots of big names lots of fun golf that course is gorgeous that's absolutely a bucket list course so um congrats to all those guys but I think like one of the storylines from this is, yeah, it was during NFL playoffs and stuff, but I can't imagine viewership was particularly great, mostly because you have to have the remote right next to you to make sure that you're always on the right channel or the right streaming service. And, you know, that that's the biggest thing holding the game of golf back, in my opinion, is they got to figure out this streaming thing because it absolutely sucks as a viewer. To one, pay for cable, two, pay for ESPN Plus, and three, have to flip back and forth all the time, constantly looking at your phone like, okay, what time does it actually come on Golf Channel today versus what time does it come on NBC today? It is so well. I, I feel like the part of the problem with that is for the PGA, it's, it's expensive to buy the, well, not expensive. It's hard to get all of the media rights on the same channel for that long of a period of time. ESPN's not going to chalk up. You have a hours. channel called the golf channel. You already paid for those rights. <laughs> okay. That's fair. They should just use those. 
But at the same time, not everyone pays for the golf channel. So they're trying to put the, you know, the Sunday afternoon rounds on ESPN or NBC. Well, then I will stream it like like ESPN does, dude. Just have after Tiger retires, have Tiger just sit there like the the Peyton and Eli uh, cast, the Manning cast, and just have both going at the same time. Like the formula here is so simple. You already have the infrastructure. Just put it on the golf channel for as long as it's running, and that's the end of it. Okay, yeah, I'm in. Fair enough. Yeah, I I could not agree more. You know, sitting there a week ago tonight, realizing PGA Tour is back this week. You know, I'm a Will Zalatoris fan. I think, man, this is going to be the first time he plays off the big back injury. Like, I can't wait to watch him and see what if his swing looks any different. You know, how he's doing. And then the emotion of sitting there on Friday trying to figure out, you know okay, they only have this featured group in this hole, but then the Golf Channel has different coverage going at this time. So I think if I can be on ESPN at that hole, I can see him there and then switch to the Golf Channel. And I maybe saw 10 Will Zalatoris shots on Thursday and Friday of the guy that I was most excited to see on the PGA Tour back. Um, and Jimmy and I had a conversation about this in person the other day that that is by far and away the number one thing holding golf back, right? Uh, you look at all the other major sports, there are set schedules every single week. You know that the NFL is going to be on Fox, CBS, NBC on Sunday night. Monday night football is on ESP. Every single week, it's the exact same thing um, at every single stadium, right? Because, yes, PGA Tour jumps around, but then every single course that they're at and every tournament has its own streaming rights in itself, right? The Masters has a completely different streaming uh, setup because it's all private and everything, so... Until the PGA Tour figures that out, they will constantly be shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, I know it's a pain in the ass. I know it's something that's really hard to figure out. But the second that you just sit down all your uh, broadcasters and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to pick one channel. We're going to go with it. We want these times, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you're never going to continue to grow the sport. At a time we're coming out of the pandemic, golf seems to be at its, in terms of the average human golf is probably at its highest point right now for the average individual. Cause that was the one thing during the pandemic that everybody can pick up and play on their own, uh, how they have not capitalized on that and just put golf everywhere in front of you, uh, blows my mind and they will continue to not grow the game at the rate it should be growing because of it. I think the big thing that we missed to talk about too, is the fire that's been lit under them by the league that must not be named. Which I think is a good thing at the end of the day. I think it is turns this into an if to a when. PGA is too big of a name, too big of a league to not figure this out. I think they will, and I think they have uh, have a catalyst in that league. Um, seemingly doing some good things when it comes to broadcasting, and that's probably the only time I'll ever say good mentioning that. Yeah, speaking of growing the game, Matt started to hint on this in terms of like how you do grow that game, and one thing that they have been doing really well is is promoting new names like Tom Kim, uh, who's just super fun, super uh, personable. And so, you know, at one point he holds out from 100 yards and his first comment is, did you get that on camera? Like, that's just good for the sport. That's obviously going to grow viewership. So um, that got me thinking about who are some of those like young guys or even older guys um, who haven't won a major um, it, it's pretty typical that we get at least one new inaugural uh, major winner per year. So um, who who is that guy for you this year? I don't know if it's Tom Kim for me uh, just yet, uh, but, but um, you know, I, I think that it would be fun if it was Tom Kim, but, but I'll go 
a little more likely of a name. Uh, and it's actually Doc's favorite golfer. Uh, big ears, Patrick Cantlay. Just seems like he's been playing too good of golf for, for too long to, to not have a major win under his belt. I was actually blown away when I pulled it up and saw that he uh, was not on that list already. So so I'll go Patrick Cantlay. But do you guys have any thoughts putting you, putting you on the spot a little little bit? I, I do. I have a good name that I want to mention. I'm going to defend myself. I like Cantley. I root for Cantley. Not my favorite golfer. It formerly was a bunch of other people. Then it was formerly uh, Daniel Berger, uh, who is no longer my favorite golfer. For this year, I think I'm going to start a rotational program. I'm going to be rooting for Justin Thomas. I can't not love watching that dude swing. I know it's like, oh, you're a bandwagon. He's just he's a likable guy, but I love watching that dude swing a golf club. So I'm gonna be rooting for JT this year. However, my answer to the initial question, player who has not won a major yet, for the first time in his career, I believe he's playing good golf. I think he's young. I'm gonna go Sam Burns. I don't have much of an analysis. I know he's I know he's up there. I know he played a lot of good golf last year. Um, and I just saw a video online with him, and he seemed cool. So Sam Burns. I'll go next, and I'll, I have my obvious answer, right, being a, being a Wills Altors fan, and he's been in contention time and time again. So, obviously, I think he'll get one, but if I had to pick a different name, uh, someone that I also think is really fun and has been growing the game uh, in a really good way, and I don't believe he's ever won a major, I'll, I'll take Max Homa. Uh, he's been playing really good golf, um, and he. I, Evie, it sounds like I just took who you were going to take there, but uh, yeah. he's been playing really good golf. He played really well this past weekend at the uh, Century Tournament of Champions, um, and I'm correct that he has not won a major, right? I think he only has three PGA Tour wins. No, he is yeah. not. I just Googled it to make sure because he was yeah. my pick. He was the first guy that came to mind of, yeah, you know, yeah. So getting into my favorite golfer talk as well, uh, I was – not anymore. A huge Brooks Kepka guy. Um, now I hate him, along with <laughs> everyone else who defected to that trash tour thing they call a tour. Um, I, I'm. I was going to formally announce my Max home of fandom, and pick him as my next major winner. Uh, but Matt kind of soured the moment a bit. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's got to be Max Homa. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think we're all excited for golf being back. Fun tournament to kick it off. Um, I'm looking forward to the majors. A couple other PGA events coming up. I think uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I think it'll be fun. It's time for hypotheticals. Uh, each week we spin the wheel to determine whose dumb hypothetical we will discuss. Uh, before we started recording, we uh, spun the wheel and it landed on E V. With that being said, I'm going to hand it over to E V. Give us your hypothetical. My hypothetical, the Bears decide that they want to take a quarterback with the number one overall pick. What do they do with Justin Fields? I guess I I will answer because it's a hypothetical. I'm not even going to say what I truly think about it. So let me actually go back. Okay, let me rephrase this a little bit so it's a little bit easier to answer. You're going to assume they trade him. Who's your first phone call? Like, who do you think you can get the yeah. most out of? And, like, you don't want to trade Ooh. him to, like, the Packers because you don't want him in the same division. So, because we're assuming Aaron Rodgers retiring. So, who do you call? I call the team that I think is the worst setup uh, in the NFL and for the next, for the potential future and has not 
uh, exactly made the best decisions in the past couple of years. I call the Raiders. I see what I can get out of that franchise. They are not in the right direction. It's not somebody that's AFC West. It's not anybody even in the NFC that you need to worry about. Uh, I call what Mark Davis. Is that the owner's name? Mm-hmm. I call that crappy bowl cut. bowl cut moron. And I try <laughs> to police him for all his worth. It's fair. I mean, I don't think that Mark Davis is making the deals, but but point taken. Still, question is: is what do the Raiders then go if they get Justin Fields? Three and fourteen. Wow! Wow! Okay. I'm backing up my statement that the Raiders are going to be the worst franchise in the NFL next year. Uh, I'm all for I, it. They're they're losing Josh Jacobs. Um, the Vultures are going to be circling for Devontae Adams to kind of rescue him from that mess. Uh, defensively, all they really have is Max Crosby, and the O line stinks. The D line outside of Max Crosby stinks. Um, I'd maybe give them four and thirteen, but not good. If you're, I'm sorry if you're a Las Vegas fan. Justin Fields goes three and fourteen in back to back years, huh? That Woods, not his fault yeah. in Vegas, bro. If he stays in Chicago, he's gonna be lucky to go three and fourteen next year. That's true. I might look to answer the original question, looking at a team that uh, maybe looking for a franchise quarterback. They, they've tried quite a few names um, going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think um, you know, literally people, the quarterbacks who we thought were going to be the, the franchise quarterback in other organizations, Baker with the Browns, Sam Darnold with the Jets, right? Why not try a third? Uh, why not try Justin Fields here and, and see what happens? It it delays having to take a quarterback. Relatively surprising for the Panthers. It, that division's wide open, in my opinion. Um, so it, I think that a, a splash move like that could set them ahead above the rest, especially if TB12 decides to hand it up this year. Um, so, you know, that it, it's a move that could make sense for them. I'm going to say this quickly and potentially spoil what Doc would say, but I think you could argue the entire NFC South would be calling the Bears for Justin Fields. I'm not sure any of them have a quarterback set in stone. So Doc was one of the yeah. NFC South's teams. You're uh, What you were going to say? I'm looking between two AFC teams, first one being the Jets. However, I don't think it's going to be the Jets. Jets need a quarterback. But I think it's not going to be the Jets because I think it's going to be the Titans. I think the Titans have uh, shown that they're willing to not have an air raid offense. It's been close to what maybe someone would call successful. And they're also in a position where they still have life in Derrick Henry. And I think they're willing to try some things to make this work. And they're not going to go draft a quarterback that they're going to rely on their arm talent for when it comes uh, to playing in Tennessee. So give me the Titans. I think they're willing to try some things. Yeah, I mean, starting Josh Dobbs and him winning in playoff game tells you all that you need to know about their outlook on Malik Willis. So, uh, right, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I like hypotheticals where you paint the Bears to be complete dumbasses. Yeah, it makes me smile. So I didn't mind it actually. Yeah, let's move on to the side pot. I'm gonna update you guys with our last week's side pot. What we do is each and every episode, we will all pick a lock for the upcoming weekend. Um, we started off pretty strong. I'm going to run down with mine first. I bet MSU basketball, Michigan State basketball, minus seven at home in the Breslin versus Nebraska. 
they covered pretty easily from what I remember. Uh, so it was a win, 1-0 and o for the Doxter. Uh, Jim, he bet Colin Morikawa top 10 finish. As you all saw, it started getting a little shaky at around the 13th hole. Uh, I'm kidding. He did have quite a big cushion still for top 10. Uh, so cash pretty easily. A win, 1-0 and o for Jim. EV's bet was LA Rams money line. Uh, probably you could argue that a it was a quite emotional bet. Uh, I'm not sure too much thought process went into it and really listened to his heart. Ended up being a loss, as we talked about earlier. Seahawks won a loss. EV starts the side spot with 0-1. Uh, email Roger Goodell. He owes you the refund on your bet because the NFL is rigged. Uh, he cheated. Just email Roger Goodell. Fair enough. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, speaking about emails, we do have a show email. I don't have it up in front of me, and it ends with Gmail. So if you want to send us an email, <laughs> maybe listen next episode, and I'll have it ready to go. That would have been a perfect uh, Matt, plug if you had it. That would have been so good. Matt's side pop bet last week was Will Zalatoris to finish top 20 at the minus uh, Century Tournament of Champions. What was that? Yeah, it was minus 250. That's a hell of a lock there, Matt. Yeah. Hell of a lock. It was a lock. It was a win. Matt starts off 1-0. and That puts us at 3-1 and as a podcast. I'm 1-0, Jim's 1-0, Matt's 1-0, Evie's 0-1. Let's get into this week's side pot bets. I'll kick it off. It's the Manchester Derby this weekend. Derby. It's the Manchester Derby this weekend. Man United is uh, taking on Manchester City. Uh, The game's being played at Old Trafford. I'm probably saying this more American than anyone could ever imagine. This player is in incredible form. It's number 10, center forward, five goals in his last five games for Man United. Marcus Rashford, anytime goal scorer, plus 240. That's a high lock right there. Also, if you want to get spicy, put a couple bucks on Man United Moneyline. They're playing good. And I'll let Jim get into his next. Well, one of the last times that Doc took a Manchester United goal scorer parlayed with a Manchester United win in the Manchester Derby. Uh, I faded Doc to the max, and I went uh, Erling Holland goal scorer, Manchester City winner. Uh, so yeah, it, my side pot is now unbelievably easy. Originally, I was looking uh, NHL, but the second that he started talking about the Manchester Derby, I instantly switched because it's that easy. Erling Holland, anytime goal scorer, uh, or first goal scorer, or last goal scorer, he's going to score seven t- uh, on Saturday, and so you can have him for all of them, plus Manchester City money line. Evie, let's hear your side pot bet for this week. My side pot bet for this week. I am taking Jacksonville Jaguars money line, plus one hundred odds. The line, the line's currently plus one Jags, and it's minus 105. So I figure if I'm going plus one, might as well just take money line anyway for plus 100 odds. I like it. Matt? I am going to stay in the NFL. Um, one of the kind of upsets that we talked about earlier. Uh, I'm not sh- sure I'm going to go money line as a lock, but I think the spread is either three or three and a half right now for the Giants. 
over the Vikings. Um, so I will take the Giants at plus three. I think it's plus three um, at minus 110 or whatever normal spreads are. Um, give me the Giants on the road covering. Well, and that's our side pot section presented by Doc. Um, I'm going to do the outro section now. That will wrap up our second episode of the Apples and Oranges show. We hope you guys are enjoying the podcast, especially Rat and Evie's mom. Uh, see you all next week.